Hello and welcome to the podcast Cult Hackers. I'm Celine, a media graduate and cult interested. I still don't know with that bit, but anyway, <laughs> throw it over. Okay, and I'm Stephen Mather, organisational psychologist, also interested in cults and was a member of a cult for 30 years. Um, so Celine, I've got one thing to say to you. Mm. Stick it to the man. I see. <laughs> He's getting School of Rock in immediately. One yeah. of the greatest films ever to grace the silver screen. Uh, but you know the what? School of Rock. And you know, you know what a fun fact about that is? That yeah. For years and years, Thomas thought the School of Rock was a black and white film because his family had like a copy of it that was in black and white for some reason. And then he came That's to England funny. and he was like, it's in colour. I remember him telling us about yeah. that. That's brilliant. Yeah. And in his memory, it's still black and white. Is that right? <laughs> yeah, and then he saw it for the first time and he's like, That's, that guitar's not meant to be that colour because in his head he kind of imagined it in his own way. So there you really? go. Everyone that's met, that remembers Thomas from the science episodes. Our tame <laughs> scientist. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah, well, the reason I... Why did I, why did I say why that? Though? Why am I invoking it Stick It to the Man? Because to the keen listener of the of the show you might have noticed it says authority um for this week um or something that dad's decided to call it i suppose i'm jumping the gun he might decide to call it something else but we're talking about authority authority yeah and it's such an interesting word that i um well just saying before we started in our pre-chat that Mm. um it feels like it could go on for more than one episode so we you know we're going to cover a lot of ground i think today but yeah. yeah it's it's a big subject so what do we mean by it do we need to define our terms as they say i guess so yeah because it's such a broad thing because when you said about doing authority because this was your idea this episode and originally i was kind of like well, what are we going to talk about all that time and then i flipped completely the other way and thought yeah well mm. there's anything everything there's so much so yeah let's kind of nail it down in terms of what we're talking about here. yeah so for me, I think there's there's two facets that um, that the word authority really means in common language now, um, and they're both relevant to cults and recovery after cults, really. And so one of the the senses of the word is like the authorities, if you like, people who are in power. So authority and power very much sit together. Um, so we will start going into into themes around power, I think, during this episode. Um, but there's another sense of the word authority, which is um, people who are considered to be authorities in a particular field or system of knowledge, if you like. So we might say, you know, this person is an authority in, I don't know, bikes or um an authority in films or whatever it is um and they're people that know a lot about it and their their knowledge is kind of gives them a a status um and so we we end up there talking about things like further education or higher education or people who have got a phd or people who are members of think tanks or whatever it is um so there's that side of it and there's the the being in charge side of it and power runs through all of it, I think. So, yeah, really interesting, really mm. interesting topic. Um, 
when we when we started to do a bit of research about this, you sent me a a link and you said, um, "What about this? Is this worth talking about?" And it absolutely is. So that sounds like a, as good a place as any to start, Selena. And you yeah. you've discovered a quite an important psychological mm-hmm. phenomenon. Do you want to talk about it? Yeah. So I suppose by I discovered it, I watched a cool video and it was mentioned. Um, but yeah, it was. Uh, I don't want to claim anyone's psychological, um, you know, learnings here. Shops. Um, yeah, exactly. But um, so yeah, I was watching, and you'll think to, it doesn't sound like this is going to be relevant at first. And I didn't think I was watching anything that was homework, but turns out it was. <laughs> so um, I was watching a video by um, Natasha Ocean about um, and. It is a French name. I'm sorry. I'm not going to even attempt to say it in the lovely French way. Um, but yeah, I was watching one of Natasha Ocean's videos and it was um, basically why you can't stop eating the sweet, delicious, wonderful foods like donuts and Doritos. <laughs> um, and uh, one of the reasons amongst um, a myriad was um, reactants. Is that a correct way of saying it? Because I spelt it wrong when I was talking to you at first. (laughs) Yeah, you kept saying reactants with a T and an S. I thought, what's a reactant? Reactant. I looked it up and it's all about um, chemistry. (laughs) No, I think that's what threw you at first. Yes, but reactants. So um, this idea of, in the instance of talking about food, um, it was... Uh, well, if you've ever, if anyone's ever been on a diet, I think you will have come across this already. So it'll be quite, oh yeah, of course. But, you know, if you say you're going to cut something out or someone tells you to cut something out completely, you are um, more likely to crave and want it <laughs> than if you, you had not been told. So in the instances of um, a study that was conducted where they were offered, uh, where they were told they couldn't have chocolate, um, they ended up eating more chocolate than the people in the um, that were given no instruction on yeah. chocolate. So you know the um, what's it called? What's the group that are left alone? Um, well, yeah, just the cohort. The um, yeah. I suppose the control it's, you might call. Yeah, it. the control. That's what yeah. I was going for. So yeah, the control yeah. group that's just left alone. They're not given yeah. any instructions on chocolate the group that was given instruction on chocolate ended up eating more chocolate than the group that had been told nothing so yeah why is that and they put it down to this reactance so this desire to you know i guess stick it to the man it's the psychology of stick it to the man um, literally um so yeah that was pretty cool i don't know if you want to Jump yeah, in yeah. now. Yeah, so um, the, the, I think everybody, um, even in folk psychology, I think we're all aware of this phenomenon in ourselves, some more than others, I think. we. It's so strong in you. Yeah, I just want to say it's so it's strong. It's strong in this one. Yeah. yeah. So if somebody tells me not to do something, I find that very irritating or tells me to it. do something. In, an incredible bullshiness comes out of you where you wish to do nothing but the thing they've told you not to do. Yeah, exactly, yeah. Um, Such as even just, you need to wear these bandages because you've broke your hands. No! <laughs> it cuts bandages <laughs> off. It decides it's fine. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, so, I, you know, well, it's funny because we, you, you have this impression of me that I am very kind of rebellious in this way. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's part of your image of me, but um, I actually don't think I am that uh, rebellious. I think I'm I'm actually quite 
um, compliant in many ways. But... I just don't think that's right. I just don't think that's true. I would never describe you as compliant. <laughs> it would be so at the bottom of my list of things. Okay, so so we have this natural, and, and I think it does apply to everybody, but yes, some more than others, I think. Yeah. There's a natural aversion to being told what to do. Yeah. And, um, you know, in, in psychological terms... Um, this is known as reactance. Um, we react against instruction, being told what to do. And sometimes um, it's because we don't want a freedom um, being taken away from us. So we feel like a, a valuable freedom is being taken away. Um, sometimes it's because we genuinely think we want to do this thing, I suppose. But for whatever reason, it's it's a it's a genuine thing, and it is measurable. We can actually see it in um, paper after paper, <laughs> so it's very very clear. And I think what is particularly interesting about this one is that it um, it has such a lot to say about some of the conversations on social media and some of the um, the political divisions amongst us in the world because. A lot of people are, in some respects, uh, boxing people into a corner where to accept something essentially means to to let go of what they say, see as a freedom. And, and people are becoming more, seemingly more and more sensitive to it. Um, I just One thing I just want to say before we get more into it is the School of Rock um, reference. Jack Black, who plays the, the teacher who's teaching these kids how to play musical instruments. Um, he's a, an aging rocker, basically, and he has this spirit of rebellion. So he tries to teach the kids to essentially rebel against the man, in scare quotes. And, of course, in this sense, the man is the establishment, the authority. So there's a long tradition of sticking it to the man. There's a long tradition of rebelling against authority. And it, um, I suppose youth tends to be more associated with this but it is um it is something across across everybody um so yeah i, I don't know you you've you've talked about um eating so when mm -hmm. somebody tells you you shouldn't have this in your diet or you shouldn't eat too much of this or you and shouldn't drink even too when much you do it that. to yourself that's the joke as well <laughs> it's even when you say to yourself i can't eat this now i'm i'm no longer allowed chocolate pringles yeah. whatever you know you, you rally so against there's... your own authority <laughs> <laughs> and this this has been demonstrated um experimentally that even when you get people to write i will do something um they they go against it more than if you get people to write will i do something so just by getting the person to command themselves to do something, they are more likely to do the opposite. Isn't that weird? We just we just suck. <laughs> do you know what I mean? We just can't even control ourselves. <laughs> we just we just yeah. Freud Freud would probably um, talk about the super ego there. So when he'd have a field day, <laughs> he would. When when we say something like you know. Stephen, you must not do that thing. When I say that to myself, um, actually, I'm, I'm. That's coming from my super ego, which is all of the authority figures that have been in my life. You know, parents, teachers, 
governments, whatever, that have told me to do th- something. Essentially, that's coming from that place. And so it's no surprise that the other side of me doesn't want to obey that because essentially I'm rebelling against this authority construct that I've that I've got in my mm-hmm. in my thinking, which Freud called the super ego. It's that mm-hmm. that is our overriding kind of boss, if you like. So yeah, that's no surprise that that happens in a way, but it does sound surprising <laughs> um, mm-hmm. that we will even rebel against ourselves or our own self-interest, of course. Yeah. That's, that's um, interesting. Yeah. So um, another area that, that relates to authority, um, I don't know whether you've, so we, we've been laughing about our TikTok feeds recently. Yes. Um, and, um, or you sort of use reels, don't you? I think. Um, yeah, I use like I'm I'm on the millennial side of it apparently, which is getting TikToks out of date on Insta reels. So, like, because like, they eventually make their yeah, way onto the, the, the next platform, right? Yeah, so, okay. are you are you on TikTok? I'm actually TikToking my way through life, man. You're a Gen Zer. Do you know what I mean? You're up there with the best of them. You know, yeah, but my oh my. Uh, I've mentioned about the parrot feed. Um, I've got a lot of parrots yeah, yeah, uh, talking, yeah. uh, magpies uh-huh. talking, and lots of animal stuff, which is I find fascinating. That's top. Yeah, that's top. There's quite a lot of traffic uh, crashes and um, <laughs> people behaving badly on the roads. Yeah, to be fair, that is quite <laughs> that good. Is good. Yeah, that yeah. is good. Um, <laughs> but the other one, there's a couple of others. Um, so one is a guy that he he basically he calls it an audit. And oh, he, he goes to factories and industrial estates with a very small drone and he's taking photographs and footage of uh, factories and stuff. And um, pretty much all the time, you know, some crusty old bloke comes out of the, the security hut. So I'm like, you can't, you can't film here. Um, and of course he can film because he knows exactly the law. He knows what he's doing and he knows what he's allowed to do. And he, he, with his very small drone in the UK, he's allowed to fly over these areas. Um, and so he knows exactly what he's doing. But, of course, it, you can't help but watch it with absolute glee as this guy just... But he's very polite about it. He's not, he's not aggressive or anything. Some of them are quite aggressive, but he's not aggressive about it. He's just very calm and kind of nerdy and he just he just keeps saying well there's nothing you can do about it unfortunately you know (laughs) but i just find it absolutely fascinating but again really this is again somebody sticking it to the man this is somebody saying you know the high visas can't stop me (laughs) just because you've got a high vis and a walkie-talkie doesn't give you the power to stop me from filming this thing um and there's something about that so you know I think it's it's even more so from what I see and hear. Um, it's probably even greater this sense of individual liberty in the states. Um, it's in fact it is enshrined into the constitution that you know you have a right to say what you want to say, um, and there's lots of belief about being your your own person, making your own choices, doing your own thing. Um, and I think that also definitely feeds into this this need to have self determination and not not be. Um, it's all a bit confused, to. though, isn't it? Because, like, you know, reproductive rights, isn't it? <laughs> 
but well, you know, <laughs> why don't you throw <laughs> something in controversial, Celine? <laughs> well, I just thought I would. <laughs> I can, Sasha. Yeah. Do it all. <laughs> of course, and and that's 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 where a nuanced conversation about um, the rights of various different parties is is very is very difficult. I mean, here's here's another one that that I suppose is is where. I, I sit there and I, I think to myself, so there's there's talk about, I suppose, green issues, you know, and um, the design of cities so that cities can be cleaner and healthier and traffic can be managed. Um, there's a big thing going on at the moment in Oxford, or people are making it into a big thing, where the council is trying to reduce the amount of traffic. So they're trying to encourage people to leave their cars at home on certain days yeah um, the, the students have also been just dis- they all receive letters discouraging them from bringing cars and they're like there will be no parking for you so basically yeah. like there's no point bringing your car yeah Please don't. but so this is being translated into um they are locking us down we're on lockdown we're not allowed to go anywhere um so this is the kind of big of a place you can get in your legs yeah get in your legs (laughs) but but what this again reflects is this this kind of uh reflexive response to being told no you can't do that and you know i think it's easy for for me to sit here criticizing somebody in oxford but if i travel to work every day in my car i've got a routine i know where i park it's the easiest way for me to get into the office um if then all of a sudden I'm told, no, I can't go down that, that road, then it, it can be frustrating. I remember when um, I was picking you up from work and all of a sudden they decided to make the road that I went down to pick you up in the dark from your job um, without any warning. They just made that into a cycle only lane, um, which meant that I could no longer get to the place where I'd normally pick you up. Um which was actually quite inconvenient and a bit dangerous because it meant you had to walk through town um, in the dark. And so I found that really irritating and really annoying. So it's easy for us to kind of criticise people for, you know, going over the top. But I guess we all have these moments of how dare you, you know. And and it a lot of it does come down to this psychological element of reactance so we don't we we think we've got a freedom and all of a sudden that's taken away from us um and that is that is really disturbing it's really upsetting or it can be um more so than if we didn't have it now there's another bias that you're probably aware of which is um a bias against loss loss aversion so we we worry more about losing something there's been studies with this isn't there where they give them like a 20 pounds or sure. dollars i'm not sure if it was an english or american study but like they give them some money and then mm. they can either try and get more or just keep the 20 but most of the time people will just keep it so instead of taking the risk to get more they'll keep what they have yeah because we're quite we don't like we like to keep it once we've got it we like to keep it if we've got it <laughs> we don't want to lose it yeah it, it's the pain of losing something is um is greater than the the opportunity to get something extra in fact loss aversion i've just realized loss aversion is our only tier isn't it on um on patreon oh yeah welcome to when when we set up patreon we had a set of tiers each with a different bias psychological bias um we've now just got one tier 
which um, and that's the that that's the only one that's left is loss loss aversion. Mm. Kind of appropriately plug. so, I suppose. Plug plug. <laughs> <laughs> G'day, I'm Troy. And I'm Brian. And we're the hosts of I Was a Teenage Fundamentalist, an ex-evangelical podcast. We used to be loyal members and leaders in Australian Christian megachurches, but we're not anymore. I Was a Teenage Fundamentalist is an honest and hilarious peek behind the curtain at the weird, the worrying, and sometimes traumatic world of evangelicals and Pentecostals. We share our stories, we interview prominent guests in the global ex-evangelical space and provide a platform for others to tell their stories about their time in evangelicalism and their journey out. Shortlisted at the recent Australian Podcast Awards, I Was a Teenage Fundamentalist gives you a unique global perspective into one of the fastest growing religions in the world from the people who actually lived it. You can find us wherever you get your podcasts and IWasAteenageFundamentalist.com. Check out witnessunderground.com about artists who escaped cults. We have three different forms of journalism from a film, a YouTube series, and a podcast. The podcast is very active. We're launching season two, January 2023. And the story link on that site talks about the body of work that we've already created and what we're continuing to create, the mission, the intention, and our artist grant application where you can submit to take home $1,000 to work on your art project on the topic. The only criteria would be that you have a great idea, that our panel awards, but also that you have some association with this particular religion, Jehovah's Witnesses, at some point in your life. Doesn't matter how long it's been. And we also have a blog, a regular writing series. The press has been really interesting. When we did our film festival run in 2021, we got a lot of press. We are on a lot of radio programs and a lot of podcasts. And you can see all of that content there, which is really exciting. And it's fun to have launched this new website. And the art page will have shortly all of our products we have for sale from t-shirts to the music from all the bands in the film to artists who are actively making new music that we've highlighted on the podcast and films that you can watch from other activists. It's an exciting time to be launching the grant and the new site and the film. That should be out in April. We're launching it. The target date for release is ahead of the Jehovah's Witness holiday that they call the Memorial and the Jewish people call it a Passover event. So April 4th is the actual date, and we are shooting for ahead of that for a public release, ideally on ad-based services such as Tubi for you to watch. So stay, stay ahead of that, pay attention to the website, subscribe on the website, subscribe to the YouTube channel, and search on YouTube for Witness Underground Podcast. That's where we've been launching everything. We have just launched on Buzzsprout as a distribution, so we should be on Spotify shortly. Thank you so much for following. Like, subscribe, share as much as you can. And let any artist that you know who has any affiliation with this religion, that they can apply for the $1,000 grant that we are putting together as a goodwill to the community and an exciting way to bring new art to the community that is part of the healing process. Thanks for sticking around and check out witnessunderground.com. The, the other element of this is, of course, what sometimes gets called reverse psychology. So what's reverse psychology, Celine? Well, because it's always talked about in relation to toddlers normally, isn't it? Because <laughs> yeah. it's like you don't that when they don't toddlers, they're just the bait that the best at desperately wanting to do anything else than what they were meant to do. Um yeah. or like what you want them to do. So if you want them to tidy up, you might be like, Oh, I think I'll get more toys out actually, and then they'll be like, "No, yeah. I'm putting my toys away." <laughs> and all the Whatever toys you do, away. don't tidy up. Yeah, 
yeah. keep it just like this. Don't tidy up at all. Yeah. Um, Tidies yeah. up. <laughs> that's right. So that's the idea. There's been some kind of, again, there's been studies around this and, and even in stories and, um, uh, you know, film and, and stuff, there's, there's ideas around telling somebody they can't see somebody, you know, you're not allowed to see them and knowing that that's going to make them want to, uh, to see them. Um, and get married and everything Romeo and Juliet in the end. oh yeah sure it well, did not, yeah it didn't quite work out like that no, but yes the no. the um, uh, the idea of, of the forbidden fruit I suppose you know so this does this does date right back to humankind's earliest myths um, around you know I suppose an awareness that people will try and do the opposite you tell them to do yeah yeah. So whatever you do, don't become a patron. Don't don't become a patron for one dollar fifty. Whatever you do, just don't do you it. Just because you just won't have a good time. <laughs> All right. So there's there's a couple more studies. Do you want to hear about some studies? Oh, oh boy. actually, before we do the studies, um, a couple of other ex- examples. Um, Michael Gove, a politician in the UK, um, you won't have heard of him Boo. around the world. But he's um, yeah. He he was one of the the head honchos when it came to Brexit, um, leaving the European Union. And one of the things he said, which is very well known, was, "I think the people of this country have had enough of experts." Um, so this kind of relates to the. You know, I forgot that was. I saw this in the notes. I forgot that was Michael yeah. Gove. I just thought, oh, yeah. wasn't that Rishi Sunak? No, he he's no. had enough of scientists. And Gove's <laughs> had enough of experts. Do do carry on. Yeah. So um, so that's the other side of it. So we've talked a little bit about the authority element, which is when the government tells you something, or the police tell you to do something, or any kind of school um, head or. Yeah, I mean, it, I tell you, oh, I forgot, I forgot about this. How, when you came home with a letter from school about something we now had to do um, mm-hmm. or not do, I used to find that incredibly irritating. Oh, I just purposely like go against it. To be fair, like I didn't, I didn't really wear lots of makeup at school. But when they when they said that you could no longer wear any, I came in with red lipstick on all of a sudden because yeah. I was just like, do one actually. And I know my dad has the same sentiment, <laughs> so he's not gonna. You're not gonna call him and get any sort of like. Oh yeah, we'll definitely sort that out. Ah. Mm. <laughs> um, yeah. So we're coming across really as quite rebellious, but. I don't think we we are. So I suppose, no, um, especially as a teenager, come on, what were they yeah, expecting? They send out a letter being like, "Remember, no more funky socks, oh, ruining yeah. joy." No, thank you. Yeah, let's just get. A, I won't get into it too much detail, but reactance theory is a theory that is kind of accredited to Jack Brame, and he's kind of rooted it in a number of different studies. Um, around humanist psychology and cognitive psychology. Um, oh, another plug, actually. On the um, Cult Hackers Extra that the patrons have, have got already in their inbox, um, I talk about Shine, um, Edgar Shine, who was a an organizational psychologist who talked about um, coercive control and organizations in general um, and he literally died last month with absolutely no recognition from anybody, which is kind of sad because uh, he was really quite a big 
name in this field. So I thought I thought that was kind of a shame. So I talked about his theories in Cult Hackers Extra because he talked a lot about um, the process of he developed Lewin's theory around unfreeze, change, refreeze. He developed that theory. Anyway, if you want to know more about that, you can catch it on Cult Hackers Extra. Um, right, I'm going to give you a quick definition of the reactance theory. So if individuals feel that any of their free behaviours in which they can engage at any moment or in the future is eliminated or threatened with elimination, the motivational state of psychological reactance will be aroused. This reactance state is directed towards restoration of the threatened or eliminated behaviour. The classic reactance example is that of parents telling the child to do or not do something. For instance, to wear a particular pair of shoes at school. If the child believes she or he is free to decide what shoes to wear, then he or she will experience reactance if told not to. Another reactance example is provided in the Broadway musical The Fantastics, in which neighbouring fathers contrive to make their children fall in love with each other by building a fence between their properties. As the fence was a symbolic infringement, on the youth's freedom to see each other, they ultimately fall in love with each other. Ooh, brilliant. Great. Yeah. Um, sorry, go on. Okay. I was going to say, is this why, I don't know if you've come across the phrase gentle parenting, but is this why this is like, this actually, it actually works? Because instead of saying to the child, wear these shoes, you pick two yeah. options that you'd be happy with. So you say, mm. you can wear your boots today or you can wear your wellies today. Which, which do you want to wear? And then they'll pick between options that you are okay with whereas if you just said go put your wellies on they might rail, rail against you this yeah and, and i think that's something that you know i i use in my my work so i, I deliver training courses mm-hmm. um and when i start the course one of the things that most trainers have to worry about are mobile phones you know so you don't really want mobile phones going off during the training and you don't want people taking messages or taking calls or even making them during your training session. So one of the things that a lot of trainers do is they say, um, here are the rules sort of thing. Mm. And as we've learned, that's not going to go down well. Exactly. And it, you know, um, so I never, I never do that. I just, um, I put up a series of things to say, right, let's talk about this. And one of them is mobile phones. And I say to the group, okay, what, what should we say about phones then? Um, and people often are quite extreme. You know, we, we, we switch them off or we put them in, put them away. And, and I mean, my view is if you need to take a call, I'm fine with that. So long as you go outside and take it, um, if you really need to, but I never have any problem. People don't generally take calls in my, in my courses. And, um, if they do, they they do step outside, and I have no problems whatsoever. But I think if I try to lay the law down, then it it might be a bit more difficult. So yeah, I think in a very practical sense that that really does work. Mm. Um, so what what the studies are showing is that um, there's a kind of balance of power here. There's a balance of we have this feeling of um, we don't want to give up a freedom, but and this relates to cults and and high control groups because of course. That is the general theme of our um, of our podcast, because cults manage to get around this. So there's a few factors here. Other factors may place limitations on reactants. For instance, a group member who faces pressures 
not to choose an alternative choice that the other group members have eliminated from the choice array may conform to the group decision rather than feel reactance. So what does that mean? So that means that the group dynamics, which is another psychological phenomena that we've talked about before, this feeling of needing to belong to a group, that can push the other way against the feelings of reactance. So that the desire to belong to a group can be greater mm -hmm. than the the desire to just do what you want to do. Mm. Mm -hmm. So, and of course, that would be m much stronger in closely coupled groups mm -hmm. uh, or tightly coupled groups. So groups that have a very strong bond, like a cult. Um, yeah. Also, reactant reactants may also be reduced by threats from powerful communication. So again, with coercive control, it's not just about telling people, it's about threatening people. So... Um, reactants can be reduced by these threats from a person in power. Mm -hmm. um, another mitigating factor, or moderator we'd call it, when a person is committed to future interaction with the freedom threatener. So it might be that you want to keep in with them. Therefore, you'll do what they tell you to do. Mm -hmm. um, or finally, when restoring freedom carries negative implications for others or for oneself. So if you can be convinced that it's in the wider interest, then maybe you'll, you'll acquiesce to, uh, to doing it. So this is so interesting with the cult stuff because people yeah. all the time are like, why would you do that? Why would, you know, yeah. because they're not involved in this group. That's right. You know, it's so easy when, yeah, we all have this um, reactance sort of response, um, to say, oh, why would you, if, it, if it's so strong, the desire to keep your freedom and your free will, why would you do what the cult wants? And it's because in, in the, in the battle, in the battle royale, that's sort of a stronger, more dominant yeah. force at play here or able to override. That's right. Yeah. These, these groups are very, very good at setting up systems of control that override these natural, um, desires to, to do, uh, or not to be dictated to. But I think there's there's a couple of other things going on here. One is that, of course, have you heard of the phrase, don't cut your nose off to spite your face? Yeah, I've said it. I've been one to say it in a snarky <laughs> old way sometime. Yeah. What does it mean? Well, it's just, you know, don't, it's that to use another idiom to explain an idiom, don't bite <laughs> the hand that feeds. You know, it's these like, it's all, they're all linked, aren't they? It's, you know, mm. don't, if someone, you could have a go at that person for that thing they did, but if you're going to need them later down the line, then you've put yourself. Yeah, in, and also, in it. you know, sometimes there are, like, I mean, I suppose safety um, instructions are a good example of this. So, you know, um, some a safety officer or another colleague so it tells you um, or warns you not to walk across that area. Um, it's you could that be will a very the issue exactly. if you do it, yeah. You may lose your foot or something, you know, yeah. or you may have a pallet fall on your head. Um, yeah. Well, um, so I think there's definitely, um, we are socialised as we grow as children and that's part of the socialisation process to accept authority. 
Um, and that's not always a bad thing, is it? I mean, the alternative to not accepting any authority would be complete anarchy. Um, so I did want to touch on that. What what do you see as as that meaning? What is anarchy? What is complete anarchy? I see. I didn't see us going to anarchy today. But um, <laughs> right, let's go. Um, well, I guess it's yeah. Just it's um it's 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 individualism pushed to its absolute extreme. Yeah, is what I would say. Yeah. So no social working together everyone's completely in it for themselves doesn't care about like you know it's just about doing what you want when you want um not and not thinking about consequences no infrastructure because <laughs> that required <laughs> do you know what i mean like no yeah. like as much as we are moan about the roads even worse they're even bumpier now do you know what i mean so like yeah. all of that falls away um regulation or like regulatory bodies falls away all of that disappears yeah so a a reduction in authority sounds sounds great until you realize that a lot of as you say the infrastructure that we have comes from those authorities and we we kind of accept a certain um and they're like bodies as well they're not necessarily individual beings do you know Mm. what i mean because i think i take I guess I get more more umbrage about me when it's like individual beings, but we're, I'm accepting of like the infrastructure of authority. I suppose as so long as it's being mm. used appropriately and properly, it's when I think it's not being used properly by certain people that I get bunched up about it. So I suppose um, I suppose for most people they can accept authority so long as they see that authority as as legitimate yeah yeah um and there's there's an acceptance as a kind of pact or a a contract a social contract with the authority to say that okay i will i will accept your authority um whilst at the same time um getting something for it so uh, i mean a good example is again uh, another tiktok uh, bit of content is um there's a, a group of people complaining about all sorts of things like the 15 minute city um this is the idea that you should be able to get around your city in 15 minutes which sounds like great a great idea to me but of course that might mean restricting people to more public transport if that is a restriction or encouraging people to use public transport and so on um there's also clips of people being pulled over by the police refusing to um show any id or um have their car taxed or anything like that um but of course the the question there is well you're you're driving on a road that is built by the man if you like by by the yeah. authorities so there's a kind of slight um confusion there i think so, yeah so i suppose anarchy if if you are um, a true anarchist i guess you might disagree that it means not caring about anybody else but yourself but it, it is not accepting any authority um or not accepting the uh the, the government or the the kind of police as as an authority you you see yourself as sovereign so there is a, a sovereign movement in the states we i talked to darren shalakom about this um a few months ago um and they basically don't deny the they should pay any taxes they don't um they don't register anything with the the state they they are essentially invisible um and 
yeah, that, that they feel that they don't have to recognise the authority of the government and so on. So that's um, an extreme dan- form of that. The dangers, see, this is why it is important, in my opinion, that we do have authority for this for the sake of checks and balances because the idea that there's people out there who we have no idea exist and not you know on any kind of system you worry about their physical health um you know they're raising kids so they're being educated <laughs> you know how are you in if you're not in any of the systems you know how are we making sure that these people are okay you know what i mean so that that's my concerns there yeah, um, you know, and why I, I, I think it's important, you know. Yeah, um, census—that's another one. So people coming around collecting, and they don't do it now because, but it used to be paper-based the census. So they would collect the census every whatever it was, four years, ten isn't years, it, whatever. It's like ten years, isn't it? We just did mm. one. It, not small. It's less than ten. Sorry, because I did one in London, and I've done one again yeah. when I lived at the last place. So yeah. Um, so, but yeah, so you I, don't I mean, have to fill in the census, do you? It's up to you. Yeah, you do. It's a requirement. Well, do you have to? Yeah, yes. mm. Ah. But you can. You can be but fine you can. If you don't. But do you have to fill it in properly, or can you? Yes. <laughs> no, as in, like, is there not? Is there? Um, are there any options to say you don't want to fill it in? No, you have to. You're you supposed to, to by law in. fill it in. Yeah. Um, technically, you can get fined, and if you don't pay the fine, technically, you can have to spend some time in prison i do believe in the uk this is well we all sat around a laptop and like did it in yeah. our little house group i don't remember yeah the exact um, options i didn't i didn't think there'd be a test later so <laughs> so the the um the rationale for doing that of course is is that governments have a responsibility to provide infrastructure and services like hospitals and mm. um, doctor surgeries and so on and so on and that is the only way to really know how many people are in a constituency which again is another way of another reason to know so you can divide up the the constituencies and so on uh, public services and and so on so that is the reason for it and um, the reason people don't like it is again because it feels like you're having to declare to an authority that you are who you say you are or you exist or you you are um acquiescing to some authority over you so that's that's the reason people don't want to do it so i guess you know uh, it's quite an interesting area it's a very interesting area um, i think most of us have a natural um this reactance is a real psychological phenomena it's in us as children we get socialized a bit as we grow up and but we've still got a natural aversion to being told what we can and can't do, some more than others. Um, and I guess it's up to us individually where you know where we sit on that particular um, spectrum. But I think it's a, a really interesting area. And I, I wanted to get on to um, cult leavers because I think that cult leavers might have a very particular way of looking or thinking about this subject what what do you think why do you do you think that i was i was wondering if the um reactance trigger might be lower or the threshold at which you feel your freedom is threatened might be lower um uh potentially was was was, if i was to be you know conducting some research that might be what i'd try and look into that's one possible hypothesis isn't it that if you leave a cult 
your reactants uh, reflex, if you like, has been it's so sensitive now uh, yeah. undermined that you no longer have any. Um, you, you're still basically happy to just be told what to do all the time all by right. anybody. Yeah, mm-hmm. so that's one one possibility. You you are so conditioned to doing what you're told that you will now continue to do what you're told by whoever claims authority over you. Yeah, yeah. Um, so that's so one that's, option. Yeah, so one is your reactance is dulled. Yeah. Two, it's hypersensitive. Yeah. Because you're so worried about your encroaching on your freedom after having not had your freedom that yeah. you will see things as an attack or a take of your freedom that might not necessarily be so or you know or general populace might not see us yeah so i think those those are the two extremes that i think it's possible we could um find ourselves in when we leave a cult especially i guess if we're born in because we have been conditioned from birth in that particular way so as a jehovah's witness we were told over and over again to listen to the society's direction the governing body would tell us what to do and essentially tell us what to think and there was often instruction about being obedient we were to be Sheep, sheep, not goats. Yeah. Because sheep are obedient and goats are unruly. Um, and we were told, yeah, that this was... And there's lots of stories in the Bible about the Israelites um, not obeying Jehovah and about, you know, having all sorts of terrible things happen to them because of that. So this was constantly pumped into us. Plus, the... Um, the society had an interpretation of of the Bible, which was about the superior authorities. I mean, it's, it is what most, although they flip flopped on this quite a lot. There was there's a scripture in Romans that talks about Christians being in subjection to the superior authorities, essentially paying their taxes and coming under their authority. Um, the society, Jehovah's Witnesses. Um, had a very strange view of this um, where they described the superior authorities as being Jehovah and Jesus, not, not the governments. And then they flip flopped on that again and came back to the, the previous belief that the superior authorities was the government after all. And we had to do what they told us to do. Mm. So when I was growing up, we were very clear. We had to obey all the laws and do all the things that the government told us to do as long as it didn't go against God's law. So I suppose when you leave, there is the, 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 and this I hear this sometimes or I see this on Twitter, accusations about people um, who do follow rules, if you like, or advice, um, that you're just, just like you never lost, you've never left Jehovah's Witnesses, you're still the same, doing exactly what you're told to do. Um, on the other hand, as you say, I think there is a, there is a risk that you see that sort of manipulation in everything. So, you know, if somebody gives you some useful advice or even if, if an authority gives you some instruction that is actually useful um, and in uh, for the greater good, then you still don't do it because you're not going to fall into that trap of, of being controlled like you used to be as a Jehovah's Witness. So I think, you know, either way, it can go either way. I've, I mean, I've def- definitely had conversations with people that have been in um, 
like coercive relationships and have said yeah. this where like mm. it's taken a lot of unlearning um so certain things will happen again in like new relationships and they'll be like oh it's happening again like this is the bad yeah. you know this they're, they're mm. doing this to manipulate me and actually no it's just they're hyper aware now of anything yeah. feels like it's encroaching on them being okay and doing what they want to do mm. um they kind of hyper panic breaks on like absolute shutdown of that um because it is it is hard if you've come out of a coercive cult or relationship it's very difficult to do that so then the fear that that could be happening again is it must be quite terrifying um, yeah so i can yeah. see how you would really slam hard on that and be very against it you know yeah absolutely so um and again it's for each individual to decide where they kind of sit on that and it's not for so us again, to spectrum to yeah yeah might. absolutely and sometimes um, you might fall one way and then sometimes mm, the other way you know it's not yeah, to say that yeah. each person is uniquely one end of this or the other um he might in some instances be oh, way more compliant than your peers. And then in other instances, you may be way more reactant than your peers. You mm. might, you might not, but it's just, I, it's another one of those questions to ask yourself post cult, <laughs> post yeah. you know, coercive control um, yeah. is, you know, am I, how am I, am I reacting to this in a way that, I want to react to it, I suppose, <laughs> you know, yeah. am yeah, I reacting to really this as me or is it, you know, yeah. it's all trauma it's responses. something that comes from that. And I yeah. suppose um, finishing off the, the question around authority in terms of um, scientific authority or authority in terms of knowledge Maybe we save that conversation for the next one because I think yeah. there's a there's a lot to talk it about. It does feel when it, like we've hit mm. the ground, we've slayed the ground. Yes, and there's now yeah. part two on the horizon. Okay, so part two, <laughs> Celine. What I want to talk about is, you know, should we take um, scientists as an authority? What about institutions of learning like universities? What about things like um, scientific papers? What about people with doctor in front of their name? Um, some of whom um, say, I suppose, what is considered to be orthodoxy or the the settled view, but others say completely different things. You know, some of them are even on ancient aliens. Um, so, you know, who, who can we um, take as an authority? Um, and again, it's not for us to tell people who those people are, I think it's genuinely difficult sometimes to know, right, who do I believe on this one? Because yeah. I'm hearing I'm hearing contradictory voices here. Um, and I'm told this one minute and I'm told something else the other minute. Um, oh, and by the way, I came from an organisation that kept telling me one thing and then saying there was new light just been released um, and I should believe the something else. The chariot is on the moon. The chariot is on the moon. <laughs> how, do I, how do I differentiate between those things? Yeah. You know, what's different about all that? So I'd love to talk about that. I think it's quite a tricky area um the the uh, undermining of, of institutions which sometimes definitely need a good shake-up i think is really interesting and important so we should talk about that too so i guess the first part of our conversation then has been about authority in terms of making rules 
subjecting ourselves to authority and the degree to which we're willing to do that and we've talked about some psychological processes around that what i'd really like to talk about next time um is yeah is is authority in terms of how do you know what's true i suppose mm-hmm. you've decided you want authority to exist in the world but now how do you engage with it <laughs> well you, you know throw it all out you're going yeah. to allow there to be authorities in this world. We're not going to take them all down and create an anarchy. Well, it's not going to happen, is it? We're, we're not going no. to um, get a world without authority. I mean, maybe how next time as well we can it? talk a bit about power because obviously that that is the means by which authority yeah. um, has its yeah. authority. Well, I sense. saw your little cheeky notes with Foucault on it, so we can get on to that next There's time. a bit of Foucault in there. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. There's some... Um, crack out uh, that old panopticon again we love that yeah Yeah. (laughs) right (laughs) okay all right well um that'll do for tonight and uh i think we've we've covered that authority part one done Uh, we've stuck it to the man and um back again we will continue to stick it to the man but not next week because that's a, or yeah. will it be next week? I don't know. Probably an interview next week. We haven't got yeah. any in the bank, so it depends whether we... Um, we've got some recording this week, so we may well have an interview for next week. But anyway, um, we're a bit out of um, sync at the moment, aren't we? We, we had two interviews. In but the main those, thing so. is, we just keep on trucking. Every week, baby. Every week. <laughs> Not missed a week for yeah. 200 and something episodes yeah. So, yeah. Yeah. So, well thank you very much for listening everybody it really means a lot to us um, mm-hmm. see you next time on Call Hackers bye bye bye